Welcome to the Global Venturing Review podcast, which covers the main venture stories from the past week, from our publications Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing, and Global Impact Venturing. Hi all, this is Alessia Argentieri, Council Reports Editor, and today I will discuss the most exciting news of the past week with our senior reporter, Fernando Moncada Rivera. Hi, Fernando. Hi, Alessia, and hi, everyone. Good to be back for another week. They seem to go by very quickly these days. But yeah, we had some very large rounds this week and then several very interesting deals in different sectors, including hospitality, e-commerce, and, and as always, a lot of fundraising going on. Yes, indeed. It was a week full of interesting news. Let's start by taking a look at some large IPOs. The stock market has been booming this year. 1,309 IPOs were delivered globally in the first half of 2021, raising more than $300 billion, according to PwC. This growth has been driven by positive market sentiment, the appetite for innovative and promising startups, and the surge in SPAC's business combinations. So last week, we spoke about the large IPOs of Toast and Freshworks, and this week we are going to take a look at the impressive public listing of OYO, an Indian hotel chain and accommodation platform backed by SoftBank and Microsoft, which has filed the paperwork with the local market regulator for an IPO. OYO expects to raise about $1.2 billion and is aiming for a market valuation of around $12 billion. According to the filing, SoftBank plans to sell its stake, which is understood to be worth more than $175 million. OYO's success is also very refreshing for the entire hospitality sector, which was devastated by the pandemic. OYO itself had to lay off many employees and shut down some of its divisions last year, but subsequently recovered in 2021. So this is another important sign of a strong economic recovery that has been happening in most segments and geographies around the globe. Another company that went public last week was Warby Parker, an eyewear brand backed by payment services firm American Express, which was valued at $6.1 billion. The company, which sells its products both through its online platform and the network of around 100 physical stores, recorded a 53% year-on-year increase in revenue in 2021. Warby Parker had previously raised more than $500 million in funding, from a wide pool of venture capital investors, including Tiger Global and General Catalyst. The company went public via direct listing, not a classic IPO, which implies selling existing shares directly to investors without issuing new shares and raising fresh capital, and without underwriters and intermediaries. And this is yet another form, in addition to a classic IPO and the SPAC reverse merger, to enter the stock exchange and navigate the public market. A direct listing can be beneficial for companies that can't afford underwriting or want to avoid share dilution, but entails more risks and is more suitable for businesses that have already reached high valuations, have raised a large amount of funding, and have achieved a certain degree of brand recognition, such as Warby Parker. But overall, we are seeing investors and startups funders exploring a wide range of interesting strategies to exploit the stock market, raise capital and scale up businesses. And this is very exciting. Let's now move to the largest funding rounds that we saw last week and take a look at the booming of the e-commerce sector. Because two online selling platforms, Mamisho and Gorillas, secured two very large funding rounds last week. 
Fernando, can you tell us more about this round and what is going on in the e-commerce sector? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. We've seen a couple of very, very big rounds. I mean, it's been a big week for e-commerce and large rounds taking place across multiple continents. So first, we've got Germany-based grocery delivery service Gorillas raising $950 million. It's almost $1 billion in a Series C round led by online food ordering service Delivery Hero. The round includes internet group Tencent, investment management firm Coach Management, investment firm DST Global, and venture capital firm A-Star Partners, and reportedly values the startup at $3 billion. Elsewhere, India-based online reselling platform Misho has amassed $570 million in funding at a $4.9 billion valuation from investors including social network operator Facebook, internet and telecommunications group SoftBank, and internet group Prosys. Investment and financial services group Fidelity and investment firm B Capital Group co-led the round, which also featured Footpath Ventures and Trifecta Capital. SoftBank is investing through its Vision Fund 2, while Prosys, which was formed by media and e-commerce group Napsters, is investing through Prosys Ventures. Misho runs an online platform that lets small businesses and entrepreneurs sell products to consumers through social media and also handles the administrative side of selling through services including supply chain management, payment processing, and logistics. Now, in, in both of these cases, of course, the size of the rounds are simply staggering. I mean, they're, they're, they're massive. In one case, you have over half a billion dollars, and in the other one, you have almost one billion, and it really highlights how important e-commerce and just buying things online generally has, has become in the wake of the pandemic. And not just that, but how it's kind of accelerated beyond the already sharp trajectory it was on before the onset of COVID-19. Now, for, for Gorillas especially, which was founded in 2020 and was, I suppose you could say, forged <laughs> during the pandemic, to be raising almost a billion dollars in a Series C a year later really speaks to where the trends are headed in terms of how people are buying their groceries going forward. Yes, absolutely. That's impressive and a tangible sign of how much the e-commerce sector has flourished and expanded, fueled by a growing base of online customers that prefer digital shopping. And this has been another of the many trends accelerated by the pandemic. Let's now talk about one of the most interesting crossover deals of the past week, which is another IPO, this time on the London Stock Exchange, performed by Oxford Nanopore, a UK-based DNA sequencing company, which saw its share price increase by almost 45% in the IPO, reaching a market valuation of $4.7 billion. The company, which is a spin-out of University of Oxford, secured software producer Oracle as a cornerstone investor for its IPO, with an investment of around $205 million. Prior to the IPO, Nanopore had raised more than $1 billion in funding and was valued at $3.4 billion in a $270 million round in May this year, backed by Nikon, IP Group, Temasek, Wellington Management, and AMG Investment. Other investors include Internet Group Tencent, pharmaceutical firm Amgen, and genomics technology provider Illumina. IP Group will remain the largest shareholder in the spin-out with a 10.3% share post-IPO. The company has developed a technology that uses nanopores, so nanoscale holes, embedded in high-tech electronics to perform precise molecular analysis for clinical diagnostics, epidemiology, and food safety. And this technology has been applied to a wide range of products, from lightweight portable devices to desktop machines and platforms able to sequence a whole genome in a few hours. Nanopore technology has been also used for tracking the spread of different viruses, 
including Ebola, Zika, and more recently, the coronavirus that uh, has caused COVID-19, helping identify its variants and propagation across around 100 countries. The company was also awarded multiple UK government contracts, uh, totaling up to £144 million to provide rapid uh, COVID-19 tests and virus tracking. Its revenues more than doubled to $154 million last year, with a loss of around $82 million. Nanopore intends to further expand its technologies for DNA sequencing, a market that is projected to reach $41 billion by 2030, expanding at a compound annual growth rate of more than 15%. And this was the third largest biotech IPO that we have seen in 2021 so far. It was also a vote of confidence and a test for the London Stock Exchange, which Nanopore preferred to Nasdaq, the most common choice for most biotech companies given its strong tech orientation that makes it the dominant platform in this space. And elsewhere, there's another notable story actually that kind of ties back to a few of them that we were talking about last week to do with sports trading cards. So uh, Fanatics Trading Cards, a subsidiary of US-based digital sports memorabilia retailer Fanatics, closed on a $350 million Series A round featuring talent agency Endeavor, the Wall Street Journal reported on Wednesday. Private equity firm Silver Lake and growth equity firm Insight Partners also participated in the round, which reportedly valued the company at $10.4 billion. Fanatics Trading Cards provides a direct-to-consumer marketplace that helps you know, fans and, and rights holders sell or resell or buy cards affiliated with, with a number of professional sports leagues, typically in the U.S. So you have you know, your baseball, your basketball, and your American football leagues. And it's interesting because you know, last week we were talking about how Dapper Labs and Sorar both received their own sizable capital injections for their non-fungible tokens or NFT-based trading card platforms. So it's notable to see how money is still flowing into the physical card space as well. And a lot of it because $350 million is not too shabby at all for a Series A round. So even though the new school, for, for lack of a better term, is moving ahead by leaps and bounds, it's not necessarily doing so at the expense of the old school. And now, moving on to the fundraising market. Last week, Energize Ventures closed its second fund on $330 million, doubling the size of its previous vehicle with commitments from its anchor investor, energy producer Invenergy, as well as Schneider Electric and General Electric, which both backed the fund via their respective venturing units. Energy Utilities, uh, American Electric Power, Equinor and Excel Energy also committed capital to the vehicle, alongside financial services firm Credit Suisse, pension fund manager Caisse de Depot et Plasmont du Québec, and property investment trust Hannon Armstrong. Energize Ventures Fund 2 will target software and digital companies across the renewable energy, mobility, battery storage, critical infrastructure and climate resilience sectors. Renewable energy and clean tech have become a very attractive area of investment for corporate venturing units. We have seen several funds entirely dedicated to this sector being launched this year, while several SPACs have intensively targeted the segment, resulting in various large business combinations. But we'll talk about all of this in detail in our next energy-dedicated report, which will be published next month. Let's now take a look at the most exciting industry appointments of the last week. That's right. In such a fast-moving market, we can only come to expect people moving in and out of different roles. And 
while the past few weeks haven't seen a lot of action, we've got quite a few people moving this week. So firstly, Deep Nishar has revealed that he will be leaving SoftBank's fund management subsidiary, SoftBank Investment Advisors, where he joined as a senior managing partner in 2015 to support the investment activities of its vision funds at the end of 2021. Elsewhere, Asif Giga has departed from his investment director role at Ericsson Ventures, the corporate venturing arm of Sweden-based communications equipment manufacturer Ericsson, and joined venture capital and growth equity firm Clear Sky, where he has said that he'll be based in Silicon Valley and will help to extend the firm's presence on the West Coast. And finally, Rob Woodman has departed from Takeda Ventures, the corporate venture capital arm of pharmaceutical firm Takeda, and join Italy headquartered venture capital firm Panakes Partners, where he will lead its biotech team. That's great. And Panakes Partners uh, also achieved a $180 million first close for its second fund this year with a commitment from pharmaceutical firm Narini. So a lot of exciting news for Panakes this year. And now a quick reminder for our listeners. After the great success of our summit in Monterey, California last week, Our next event is the London Symposium on the 3rd of November, which will be our 10th symposium and a wonderful opportunity to join business leaders from the corporate venturing ecosystem. The event will host forums and discussions around some of the hottest topics in the industry, including impact investing, clean tech, digital health, deep tech and SPACs. That's all from us for today, but these were just the main headlines of the week. For a full coverage of the market, make your way to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com, and globalimpactventuring.com and stay on top of the news as they happen. We hope you enjoyed our weekly review, and if this is your first episode, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to listen to next week's episode, which you can catch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. We have been Alessia Gentieri and Fernando Moncada. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from Inear Productions, whose work you can check out at inearproduction.com. And our intro music is by Kevin McLeod and the Creative Commons license. We'll be back next Monday as we are every Monday with more news. So keep an eye out and have a great week. Bye.